morning, if you would, to Luke chapter 5, Luke the 5th chapter. Notice with me in Luke chapter 5, it says, And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy who seen Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, the leper recognized the ability of Jesus but he wasn't sure about his willingness for him to be healed. And millions of Christians are right there. Modern day theology magnifies the ability of God, but really doesn't know that much about his willingness. I like to say it this way. God is able because he's God. But he's willing because he is love. And you will see over and over again in the scriptures that Jesus was moved with compassion. It was compassion that caused him, that moved out of him into sick bodies and caused them to be healed. Now notice with me in verse 13. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him saying, I will be thou clean. One translation says, of course I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. I wonder, can God do some immediate things? Absolutely he can. So the point I want to make to you is this, that the I will of Jesus Canceled the if of the leper. It's impossible to really receive from God unless we know his will. Faith begins where the will of God is known. It's impossible for us to appropriate faith for things we do not know that are the will or the plan of God. Can you say amen? I believe this, that I will to the leper is an I will to you. Now, why is that? Well, simply because Jesus does not change. As a matter of fact, I think it's Hebrews 13, 8. And you can quote it with me. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he was willing yesterday... He's willing today. And if he's willing today, he will forever, glory to God, be willing. Amen? Oh, thank God. Well, Pastor Mark Hotto, I know his will. His word is his will. Beyond any shadow of a doubt, the word of God is the will of God. And it is as much his will for you to be healed as it is his will for you to be saved. Because on the same day... In the same person, he became a substitute for all of mankind. He went to the cross, spirit, soul, and body, to redeem you and I, spirit, soul, and body. Now that is awesome news, ladies and gentlemen. That is the kind of news that I want to preach, that I want to hear. You see, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, in the Amplified, it says this. 
Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. The will of the Lord. See, many people are on the path of being destroyed because they have no knowledge. Even Christians are held captive by things that Christ set them free from and redeemed them from because they have no knowledge. That's found in Hosea 4, 6 and Isaiah 5, 17 if you want scripture for it. But the word of God is very clear that in the great plan of redemption, our Redeemer redeemed us from the curse of the law, which includes sickness and disease. Are you listening to the preacher today? But again, a million, uh, uh, millions and millions people don't know his will. Let's look over at Isaiah chapter 53. And let's look at that great substitutionary chapter on what Christ did for you and I. In Isaiah 53, verse 3, it says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Now, the Hebrew word grief there is sickness. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Verse 4, surely he has borne, literally, our sicknesses and carried our sorrows, literally, pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Read verse 5 with me like you really mean it. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, with his stripes, we are what? We are healed. Now, Dr. Young quotes it this way. He says, surely our sicknesses he has borne, and our pains he carried them. Dr. Isaac Lesser, translation of Isaiah 53, 4 says, that only our disease did he bear himself, and our pains he has carried. You see, on him was laid the iniquity of us all. And most of the church, thank God, they know that he was their sin substitute. But when you go to talking about on him was laid our sickness and disease, now that's another story. So what are we going to rely on for truth? We cannot rely on our intellectualism. I cannot rely on, rely on my seminaryism. I can't rely on philosophyism. I got to rely on the Word of God. Now, if the Word says, "With the stripes I are healed," I is healed. I know that ain't good English, but it preaches. Now, Matthew, looking back to the cross, said it like this in Matthew eight sixteen and seventeen: When the evening was come, when the evening was come. They brought unto him that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed how many? He healed all that were sick. Verse 17. Read it with me. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. What he took, you don't have to take. What he bore, you do not have to bear. And then Peter, 1 Peter 2.24 says it like this. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body. 
that on the tree, on Calvary, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we were. We were what? We were healed. Now that's awesome, isn't it? And then some theologian will come along and say, yes, but that means spiritual healing. Well, you know, I can't find in the new covenant that when I got saved, that my spirit got healed. I can't find in the new covenant where it says, if any man be in Christ, he gets a healed spirit. But I can find if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. And that old things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. I submit to you, your spirit didn't get healed. Your spirit became brand new. But your body is what needed the healing. And by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. Oh, I love it. So we know, first of all and foremost, that healing is the will of God because it's part of the great plan of redemption. Secondarily, we can understand and see that healing is the plan of the Father because sickness and disease is a thief. Sickness and disease robs us of the health we need to live our lives fully. Sickness and disease robs us of our money. Robs us of good quality family time. No, sickness and disease is not a friend. Sickness and disease is a thief. And that's why God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, Acts 10.38, with the Holy Ghost and with power, amen, who went about doing good and healing, notice with me, all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now what that scripture is saying is this, Jesus is the deliverer, but Satan is the oppressor. And God and the devil are not in cahoots. They are exact opposites. God anointed the master with Holy Ghost power. And with that power, he went and set the captives free. Now notice with me, in Luke, I believe it is in chapter 13 and verse 16, there was a woman that was bowed over for several years. And the Bible says that Jesus said to her, Woman, be loosed from thine infirmity. He did not say to her, Woman, be loosed from your blessing. He called it exactly what it was. He called it an infirmity. And then the hypocrites and the Pharisees questioned him, Who is he to demand such glorious and wonderful things on the Sabbath? And here's how Jesus addressed them. And ought not this woman being a covenant woman? After all, that's what a daughter of Abraham is. Ought not this woman, being in covenant with me, whom Satan has bound. He called that infirmity exactly what it was. He called her being bound by the enemy. She said, she's in covenant with me. Satan had her bound. But glory to God, I'm the one that loosed her from this bondage on the Sabbath day. Jesus is not out binding people up. Jesus is out setting the captives free. Oh, glory to God. 
I'm glad when I was in a treatment center back there in 1974 that someone didn't come along and say, well, God put this severe addiction on you to teach me something. No, I was bound from my head to my toe. But there came a day when I made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life and all of my chains came off of me and whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Amen? No one can convince me that oppression like that comes from my father. Oppression like that came from wrong choices. Oppression from that came from hanging around with the wrong crowd and dabbling in the wrong things. Are you listening to me? The devil is a thief. He comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I'm come! I'm come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. 1 John 3, 8, that he might destroy the works of the devil. I thank God that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil in our heart. Amen. But he also came with much trouble for Satan's kingdom to loose you from any mental oppression and from any physical oppression. I submit to you today that if we will get a revelation that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, we'll stop buddying up and buddying down with sickness and disease. We'll stop buddying up and buddying down with addictions of all sorts. And we'll kick that devil right out of our bodies. We'll kick him right out of our minds. The Bible says if we'll submit ourselves to God and resist the devil, he will flee. I know I'm shouting, I can't help it. This is the second time I've been up here. It's like fire shut up in my bones. I know my Redeemer lives. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. And He loves you. And He will quicken your mortal body. You got AIDS, no problem for the master. You got hepatitis, no problem for your redeemer. You got arthritis, no big deal. Cancer, prostrate, pancreatic, liver, whatever it may be, it is under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Now, it is the will of God. We know where it comes from. But now listen to this statement. What is provided to you and I through grace must be accessed or appropriated by faith. Say that with me. What has been provided by grace must be appropriated by faith. Now, we're not going to take a lot of time today because you're a well-taught congregation. For many of you, this is water on the seed that's been planted for many years. For some of you, this is new truth. But I'm trusting God to give the increase today. Now, you will notice, and I believe that it's 10 out of the 19 cases. H2O, thank you. If some of you would drink more water, you wouldn't be so tired. (coughs) That's not in my notes. 10 out of the 19 cases, 
the individual's faith was mentioned. Let's look at just a few today. Are you ready? All right. Say, thank you, Lord. Ooh, glory. Let's look over, first of all, at, oh, Matthew chapter 9. <coughs> Matthew nine twenty seven. When Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying, and said, Thou son of David, have what? For compassion. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said, Believe that I am able to do this. And they said, Yes, Lord. Notice with me that he did not just heal them, but he wanted to find out and to locate where they were at. Amen? Because it matters what people think. It matters what you believe about this. And that is why he said that we are not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our minds by the word of God. Now notice what their response was. Their response was, yes, Lord, we believe (coughs) that you're able to do this. And notice in verse 29, then touched he their eyes saying, according to my faith, according to (coughs) your faith, be it unto you. Not according to my ability. Don't pay attention to that voice thing. It's all good. Mark chapter 9, verse 21. And he asked his father, how long ago is it since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oft times it has cast him into the fire (coughs) and into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So he's asking for some help, right? And Jesus said unto him, if you can believe, all things are possible. To him that believes. It's not a question of what I can do. It's a question of what can you believe. Now I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, you can believe. You can believe. Why? Because God has placed faith on the inside of you. Faith is not hard. Faith is easy. And he says that all things are possible to you when you believe. Say it with me. I believe that I receive this day in Jesus' name. Verse 24. And right away, the father of the child cried out and said, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Now what this is showing us is this. Is you can have faith in your heart with doubt in your head. Amen? (laughs) But if you will continue to feed on God's word, the faith in your heart will override and overcome the doubt in your head. According to your faith, so be it unto you. Now there was a day, imagine this. We're sitting in church and the place is full. We're seeing it full, right? And people are lined up down Hesperian Boulevard to get in the service. What a vision that is. To God be the glory. But imagine this. Someone's up here teaching and preaching. And the healing power is so strong that it's present to heal everybody in the whole place. 
There was a day when Jesus was teaching and the doctors of the law were sitting by and the religious people of that day. And the Bible said that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, all of them didn't get healed because they didn't appropriate by faith what was been provided by grace. But let's just say we're here. The place is full. The glory is here. And all of a sudden, you hear like something that sounds like a saw. And somebody's trying to get in through the roof. And there's three crazy friends up there with this guy on a cot. And they let him down into our midst. Let me ask you a question. Is that faith? Did you know that that happened in the Bible? The house was so full. Jesus was there teaching the word of God. And the Bible says they sought means to bring him in. I mean, they probably went to the back door, the side door, and the front door. They couldn't get him in. But these guys had some roof-ripping faith. (laughs) They had some roof-ripping faith. They tore the roof up. They were going to do anything they could to get their friend healed. And here's what Jesus said when Jesus saw their faith. Can faith be seen? Yes, it can. Faith can be seen by actions. Listen, this man not only received forgiveness of sins, but he also said to the sick of the palsy, arise. He was not only saved, but he was healed the same day. Now, there was a connection between the man's faith and him receiving his healing. There's a connection, and it's important to what you believe. We did not want to have a K-Sarah-Sarah faith. Whatever will be, will be. No, we want to know what the Word says, know how to tap into the grace of God, and believe we receive it and take it into our lives right now. Because that's what faith is. You see, now faith is. It is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. Say it with me. I have a measure. A mountain moving faith. I have a measure of mountain moving faith, of AIDS moving faith, glory to God, of cancer moving faith. You've got a measure. Woo, glory. I love it, don't you? Now let's look over at Mark chapter 5. Mark the fifth chapter. The Bible talks about a woman with the issue of blood. She was very sick. Mark chapter 25, oh, I don't know what verse it is. 5 verse 25, I think, somewhere around there. Mark 5, 25. <clears throat> All right. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood, how many years? 12 years. Read on with me, guys. Verse 26. And had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had. But she was nothing better, but she got worse. That's a bummer, isn't it? Anybody ever been to doctor this, doctor that, doctor this, doctor that, and just got worse? That ain't no good, right? Now, we're not preaching against doctors, you understand. But the Bible says she spent everything that she had, and she just kept getting worse. That's not a good deal. Next verse. And when she heard of Jesus, here's what she did. She fought through the press. It wasn't ABC or NBC. But there was a press of people that were out there. And that press of people, 
They wanted to touch Jesus. Some people just wanted to touch him out of curiosity. You know, if they filed the Pope down or rode the Pope down his Parian Boulevard today, I'll guarantee you it would be jam-packed. Why? Because there's people that like to see celebrities. Okay? And the Pope would be there waving and, you know, no many patres Espiritu Santi, I mean, whatever. You might even get a little holy water, I don't know. But you know, it's not seeing the Pope that'll make a difference in your life. And a lot of those folks, they were just out checking Jesus out. You know, hey, Jesus is going by. Let's see what he looks like. Maybe we can get his autograph. Sell it on eBay later. Oh, that's right. They didn't have eBay, did they? But the Bible says this woman had a determination because there is something about Jesus that she heard. And what she heard caused her faith to rise up. And she came in the press behind and she touched his garment. Next verse. For she said, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. Woo, glory. Now notice, there's actions and there's words here. She said, how we act is vital and what we say is vital. And notice with me that she touched the hem of his garment. That's awesome. You see, she must have heard that Jesus Christ was so anointed with healing power that virtue literally exuded from his body and it got on his clothes. Woo, glory. And so she came in the press behind and she touched his garment. Next verse. Hallelujah. Next verse. And straightway, that's an English word for right away, immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. Oh, it's a great day when you can feel in your body that you're healed. You know, thank God for your stance of faith. Thank God for faith's confessions. Thank God for thanking it before it manifests. Oh, but it's a good day when you feel better. (laughs) Is it not a good day when you feel better? And I'm telling you, today's a great day. Next verse. And Jesus, he knew something. He knew that this healing virtue had gone out of him. And he turned him about in the press. And he said, who touched my clothes? Side thought. You ministers here today who minister healing, you'll know when a person takes hold of the power. You'll know it. Just like Jesus knew it. Next verse. And his disciples said, Master, it might be time for you to get something to eat. It's been a long day. Look at, Master, all these people thronging you, and who, how can you say, who touched me? And Jesus said, he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. Verse 33. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, in her came down and fell down before him and told him all the truth. She testified. Now here's another side thought. When God does something for you, you better tell it. Unless he leads you not to tell it. But when he leads you to tell it, you better tell it. You better testify. Why? Because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. 
And by the rhema of our testimony. And there's something about a testimony that contains within it the power of God that once it is given under the anointing, out of the prophetic anointing, that same power, that same power that did something for you is capable of doing something for the hearers of the testimony. Amen. Amen. Now notice, he said, who touched me? Everyone say, who touched me? I like what Luke says. Luke says, somebody touched me. Now, what that means is this. This woman with the issue of blood was not a nobody. She was a somebody. And I want you to know today that in God's eyes, you are a somebody. You are not just a number. You are someone special to him. All the hairs of your head are numbered. Amen. He knows you're coming in and you're going out. He knows your DNA. He knows just exactly what you need. And he knows everything about you. He said, somebody touch me. Verse 34. Here's what I want you to see. And he said unto her, daughter, not my power or my faith made you whole, but your faith made you whole. Whose faith made her whole? Her faith made her whole. Now, I want to say this, because the faith message has been criticized by experts. You know what an expert is? An expert is just a little spurt a long way from home. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. I might have got that one wrong. <laughs> we'll, we'll stop right there. <laughs> we don't want to be meddling here. But here's what, here's what opponents of the kind of message that I've been preaching for 30 years and Brenda's been preaching for actually 35 years, both of us. Here's where they have a problem. They say, well, you are just out there strutting your stuff and you're talking about having faith in your faith. I didn't say for one minute, never have and never will, that I have faith in my faith. But what I have faith in is I have faith in a faithful God. And I have faith in a faithful God who watches over his word to perform it. And that's a big difference. You're not strutting when you're declaring your faith based on what he said. Amen. Where a person begins to strut and get in pride is when they don't give God the glory. But notice this woman with the issue of blood. She fell before him, probably prostrated in an attitude of worship. And she told him, All the truth. All the truth. Listen very carefully. In the same setting of scripture, there was a man by the name of Jairus. Everyone say Jairus. Jairus. Now Jairus' daughter was on the verge of death, was she not? And right in the midst of this healing with the women with the issue of blood, Jairus comes along and says, Master, will you please come to my house My daughter is at the point of death. Please come. Please come. Here's what Jesus said to her. And I believe this is a word for all of us. Jesus, first of all, said, Jairus, fear not. In other words, Jairus, don't allow fear to get the best of you. Only believe. Faith and fear are opposites. Amen? Faith releases the power of God. Fear is something you don't want to even be anywhere near. And so he said, Jairus, fear not, believe only. 
And here's what Jairus did. Jairus just followed the master right on through the healing of with the woman with the issue of blood. Came to his house. Now get the picture. They're at his house. The little damsel is lying there dead. Okay? And the mourners are there. And they're saying, don't trouble the master any further. You know, your daughter's dead. It's all over with. But Jesus came right into the midst of them. He put the mourners out. How many of you know sometimes you got to put the mourners out? You don't want to be arrogant about it, but there are times where you got to do business with God just sometimes between you and Him or people that are in faith with you. Amen. I said amen. He put them outdoors. But He came to the bed. And he said, Talitha Kumai, which being interpreted says, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. Pop! Her eyes opened up, and Jesus said, Now go get her an in and out burner. <laughs> Give this girl something to eat. Now I'm told. Then in 90% of my messages, I talk about food. I think we just went to 91%. But he said, damsel, I say unto thee, rise. And she arose. But here's what I want you to see. Jesus, at the very beginning, set the precedent. And that was this. Listen, if you're going to yield to fear, the deal won't be done. But if you'll believe only, I'll come to your house and your daughter will be all right. Now listen, friends, fear is a very real force. And fear comes to us on every side sometimes. But listen, fear does not live on the inside. Fear is coming from the outside trying to get into the inside of the city of your soul. But if you will get just so full of the Word and full of the Holy Spirit and keep your armor on, glory to God, the fiery darts of the wicked one will just bounce against your shield of faith and you'll walk by faith and not by sight and you will receive everything that God has for you. Amen. Now, how about those ten lepers? How about those ten lepers? They were all healed, right? But they had to act on their faith. They had to go show themselves to the priest. But you know, one returned to give glory to God. Now listen, this is another expression of receiving from the Lord. And that is being thankful to Him for what He has done. The leper came back and worshipped Him and gave glory to God. And I do believe that those other nine... They were healed, but I believe that when Jesus said, you're whole, I believe this with all of my heart, that any, any sign of leprosy ever being in his body was a dead issue. This man was healed by the power of God. Look with me quickly at Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. What is available to you by God's grace has got to be accessed by your faith. Amen? In just a moment, we're going to have communion. What we have established this morning at the beginning of the summer revival, that healing is the will of God. We know where it comes from, and we know how to receive from the Lord. Amen? Look with me at Romans chapter 5, and I believe it's verse 1 and 2. 
I'm going to look it up because I don't want to misquote it. Romans, the fifth chapter. And you take these verses that we looked at and you go over them and you see throughout the Gospels that the person's faith was mentioned. Romans, the fifth chapter, verse 1, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice, verse 2, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Amen. Amen. And then lastly, turn quickly to Mark eleven twenty four. Mark 11, verse 24. And I'm going to ask my wife to open her Bible because she just uh, got a Bible that I love. It's called the Holman Translation. Everyone heard of the Holman Translation? Excellent, excellent. Let's read it first of all out of Mark eleven twenty four in the King James. And then we'll look at it over here in eleven twenty four in the Holman Translation. Of course, Jesus is stating the inevitable law of faith in verse 23. And then in verse 24, he talks about prayer here. Verse 24, he says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. How many of you have desires from the Lord today? Okay, here's what he says. So what things soever you desire, make sure they're based on the word. When you pray, believe that you receive them. And what will happen? And you shall have them. Now notice with me. And you shall have them follows believing you receive them. Is that right? In other words, you've got to receive it first by faith. Amen. And then it will happen for you in the natural realm. But here's what many people want. They want to see it, feel it, taste it, touch it, and smell it before they'll believe it. But that's not faith. Faith always receives, amen, first. Glory to God in the invisible realm, if you will. Then it'll manifest in the visible realm. Just because you can't see it don't mean it ain't there. It's there. Amen? Now, if I have a deed to my home and show you the deed to my home, that's proof that I have a home in Union City, right? You may never see that home in Union City, but I'll tell you, I got the deed. It's my confirmation. Faith is a title deed, the evidence of things not seen. And the Word of God is your evidence that by the stripes of Jesus you are healed. It's your confirmation. Confirmation. How many of you ever checked into a hotel and you had a confirmation number? But you went to the front desk. You know you've been traveling all day long. You know, in the morning you were strutting, now you're like this. You just want to get to the bed, right? Okay? And so you got your confirmation number. You go up to the desk and say, I'm sorry, sir. The place is full. Your room is gone. Oh, now, wait a minute here now. Hold it just a second. You don't have to be arrogant. But I've got this confirmation number that tells me you have a room in my name. Now, I don't know what you're going to have to do, but I ain't leaving here because I want you to know I got me a confirmation number right here that says you got a room with Mark Thomas's name on it. And I'm going to stand here till you clear somebody out or till you build another room because it's mine. I have it now. And the devil comes along and tries to keep you 
kind of prevent you from having access into the grace of God, you just walk over to his desk like that. I mean, get sassy. Just walk and talk real proud. Say, Mr. Devil, I got a confirmation number. Matthew 8, 17 says, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I got a confirmation number. The confirmation number says, glory to God, I was healed. Now, I don't know who you think you are, but my elder brother busted your chops 2,000 years ago. And watch out, devil. I got a sword here, and it's sharp, so you just better move out of the way, because I'm moving into the grace of God. Woo! Oh, yes. Don't you back down. Don't you back off just because the enemy says access denied. There is no such a thing as access denied in the kingdom of God. Woo. I feel like preaching up in here right now. You just egg me on a little bit. I got a confirmation number. The word of God is my title deed. It's proof that my healing exists before it manifests glory to God it's proof and that's all the proof I need and it should be all the proof you need your confirmation number says that your God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus your confirmation number says if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, not only will you be saved, but your babies will be saved. Your mama will be saved. Your pa- even though Papa is a rolling stone, Papa's going to roll right into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus. Everyone just say Jesus. Oh, let's raise our hands and thank him. Woo, glory to God. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet right now. Give him glory. Thank God you got a confirmation number. You got to get familiar with the numbers. Get familiar with the word of God. And then you just hold it up in the devil's face. Spit on him. Glory to God. Put him right where he belongs. Well, did you receive this today? Woo, glory. I think there's a shout in the house right now. It's a shout of redemption. It's a shout. Oh, it's a hey, glory! <laughs> Woo! I got to do my anniversary dance. Hallelujah! And that's when God's word will start working for you. When you just flat. Get more excited about it than you do the San Francisco Giants. When you just flat, get more excited about it when your team wins the Super Bowl. When your team wins the World Series. Where you just can't stand it. The building's not big enough to hold you. Because you know that Jesus is alive and he is your Lord. Woo. So much for that cough, devil. You have it right back where it belongs. Woo, glory. Mark eleven twenty four, 24. Holman translation. Therefore I tell you, this is you, all things you pray and ask for, 
believe that you have received them, and you'll have them. My spiritual father, Dad Hagen, says it this way. He says, you got your part, and God has his part. Your part is to believe you receive them, but his part is to bring it into your body. His part is to bring it. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word today. We open up our hearts as we receive communion this morning. Father, we're a grateful bunch. As a matter of fact, we enter the password in the realm of the spirit and we just say, thank you, Lord. 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 Lord. Woo, hallelujah.